So um, you heard Kelly. She said, guys, go home and, and ask your, your wives. I, I think wives, it, go home and tell your husbands to go. That would probably be a better way to do it because guys are probably not going to ask. Um, it's going to be a good thing. I, I, the food, yes, that's going to be fun. But um, I've been looking for something for us guys to get together with um, each other and do. I mean, the ladies are doing an awesome job, aren't, aren't they, guys? We, we tend to be stoic and lone wolf, don't we? Somehow that makes us look stronger or, or wiser or something, um, but probably more lonely. <laughs> Stubborn and lonely, that's, that's what it ends up being. I mean, because ladies, what, you, you meet for like 10 minutes with a lady, and, and you're suddenly, you, you're BFFs, and you know their entire life story, and guys, we're just kind of, we stand next to each other and go, are those barbecue weenies? That's about the extent of the conversation, right? Come on. I'm telling them this, guys, you know. I had a, somebody gave me a present at our, our wedding, and it, it came in a bag, and on the bag it said, um, really all the guys are thinking about um, during, it shows what the ladies are thinking about, but I can't remember what that was. Uh, but then it shows what the guys are thinking about. It's like, how many of these little cocktail weenies can I fit in my cummerbund? Okay, that was my attempt at humor. Uh, good morning. <laughs> I love coming here and being part of family. And, and um, I had a completely different direction for, uh, for communion this morning. And, and I think what Kelly had to share was, was right on, was spot on. Um, it's, it's a time of, uh, of family to share. And, and um, we love food. And, and I, think, I, I think Jesus knew this. And so he chose a food time for remembering him, for remembering what he's done. Um, yeah, you know, I, I know that we remember the cross and, and we walk through that, but, but to remember over food, I, there's, there's things that break down when we're talking over food. We love being family. We love being together as family. And we love including others in our family, don't we? We were made for this. You've heard that before, right? Oh, man, I was made for this. But really, we were made for this. The church. We were made for one another. We were made to worship God, yes, but we were made for one another. We were made to come into the house of the Lord and to rub up each other, knock off the hard edges, to laugh together, to cry together, we grieve with those that grieve. We celebrate with those that celebrate. It's scriptural, but it, it, it's so familial, right? We're, we're a part of this family. And this, the thing is that God loves his church, and he wants us to be inclusive rather than exclusive. When you hear about church, it's not, it's not a country club. It's not something where you come in and go, well, I like to sit here, and so you need to move. <laughs> We've been there, right? Right? The, the, you know, we don't have plaques on these chairs. I don't think you want your name on these chairs because they're not necessarily the most comfortable in the world, but they're here, and we have them. And we, thank God we have a place to come, a building to come to. But they do kind of make it flat, doesn't it? <laughs> Bring a pillow, yep. Layers. 
even for there, okay? (laughs) But our God is not a fan of exclusivity. He doesn't want us to be exclusive. He doesn't want our love, his love that is going through us to be exclusive. Because God's love is not exclusive. God so loved the world. Inclusive, right? That's everybody. That's including people that don't look like you, don't sound like you, don't talk like you, that may cut you off in traffic, that, that took that last coat off the rack that was in your size and ah! That actually happened this week, but I was like, God bless him. He's going to look at good, really good coat. Yep. But it is. It's very in- inclusive love. Um, uh, our God's love. love it, it, it's inclusive by nature. Faith, hope, and love point to one another. And what is true about one is not in conflict with those other things. Faith is not in conflict with love. It's not in, in conflict with hope. All of those point to one another, and they ultimately point to our our, our faith in Jesus. Hope is also inclusive. Hope gathers rather than collecting. Right? And we have the word gather over the door. We don't collect people here. We gather together. And then we go out. We need to put a go on the, on the wall out, going out the door, right? Yeah? Go. I mean, it sounds like go away, but that, that's not what I mean. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should go scriptural and say, like, go, go into the, uh, here, the, entering the mission field or something. I don't, um, <laughs> because the mission field's not in here, is it? We're, we're preaching to the choir here. I mean, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir. You guys are, are singing to the Lord. Um, but the mission field's outside of these walls. His mission field is the world. And it's inclusive. Hope gathers rather than collecting. Let me, let, let me explain it a little bit more. Hope is like a um, gathering around a common table. Huh. At a family reunion. I could, I, I could see that. Family reunion for, for communion. Where it is not like a club that collects everyone that looks the same and meets the, the expectations of who fits and who doesn't. That, that's really what a country club does, right? You, you are able to pay the, the fee, and, and you look like us. You, you do things like us, so you can, you know. Remember, remember, remember kids? It's like, this is a boys' club. The girls are not allowed. Girls are stinky. I mean, you've seen kids do that? Have you seen kids do that? Come on. I mean, it, it, there's, there's that exclusivity that happens because you, I, this is my friend. I'm gathering my friends. You know what I'm saying? We watch our daughter and she's, she's all about having a BFF. They all are. But I've, I've sat out there on the, on, on the playground and watched them at, 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 at uh, recess. And man, mean girls start early. You know that? Boys, we're just oblivious. You know that? Uh, it, it, I mean, there's, there's this, it's just, oh, I'm just going to go play. And, oh, you want, oh, you want to go over here? Okay. Uh. But girls, they start the mean thing really quickly. I'm not your friend. I'm your friend. It's like, 
really? I thought that was like teenagers, but this was like kindergarten. Anyway. In this situation, though, in, in, in the church, in, in his hope, in his love, in, in the faith that we have in that love that he has for us, God expresses who can be loved. Who can be loved in his son and the work of the cross that paid for you to come into this gathering? Who is to be loved? Who has a hope? Who? Everyone has a hope, yeah. Who's to be loved? Everyone, right? So this morning we are continuing in, in Romans and um, in a series of Faith, Hope, and Love. Um, and the title this morning is Hope Includes. Hope Includes. Our hope is in Jesus, in God. Our hope in Jesus and in God is just as inclusive as our love. We, we love because he first loved us. We have the capacity for love because he loved us. Are you catching that? There's this cycle here. We can love God because he first loved us. I can love my wife because he first loved me. I can love my child because that capacity was, was formed in me before I was even born. There's a capacity. We can hope together for all that is promised in Jesus because he is first, our first hope. There's such unity and hope in the Lord. We're going to go to Romans 15. I'm in Psalms for some reason. So Romans 15, verses 5 through 7. I'm going to read this out here. Verses 5 through 7 says, May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such a harmony with one another and according to uh, in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may, with one voice, glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, welcome one another in Christ, as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. Um, I'm going to read this to you again, but I'm, I'm going to take it out of the message, because I really liked how this said this. It says, may our, depend, our dependability, steady, May our dependably, thank you, steady and warmly, personal God, develop maturity in you so that you get along with each other as well as Jesus gets along with us all. Then we'll be a choir, not our voices only, but our very lives singing in harmony in a stunning anthem to the God and Father of our Master, Jesus. So reach out and welcome one another to God's glory. I, I love that idea that, that there's this unity that goes to God's glory. There's a unity that when we're in that place where, um, where we're singing in our lives in harmony. See, melody is what you sing, that everybody sings the same. Like when we sing happy birthday, happy birthday to you, everybody sings that. 
The harmonies are where it splits at the end and you hear that really beautiful music, right? Well, there's something amazing about when you, when you have some singers come together that, that um, I don't know if you've ever heard this, where you have these four-part harmonies going. And we had a, a, a teacher in high school that would four singers, one from each of the, the parts, um, if there were more parts, but we'll just say four, four parts for now. And he'd have them come up, and they would sing this one section we're going through, right? And there's this thing that happens when, when singers are singing spot on, and they're just singing together. They've got the right balance of level. Their volume is right, and they, and they just sing that together. There are five parts going. Because you get this overtone. Heard it in the back here. And some of you know this. Larry deals with that a lot. But you have these, this overtone that, that, that can come out. This, this, it sounds like there's a fifth singer in those four singers. Because they're coming together in such unified harmony that the waves of that music creates this overtone. Because really, when you sing a note in the overtone series, all of the notes are in there. It's just volume. You can't really hear you just hear the one note, but, but when you bring it all together, and you can actually hear that overtone. When you have a full choir doing this, and you get that overtone, it's like a, a whole fifth part comes out. So that's taking you into something. If you haven't had choir, then okay, thank you, you're welcome. You, you, you're, you've had your choir lesson for the day. Um, if you have, then thank you for paying attention again about this. But, but the thought about that is when we are in unity, when we are in harmony as the church, you know what that overtone is? That fifth part, that isn't the Holy Spirit. That fifth part is that person that has yet to come. The Holy Spirit bringing the choir together and directing us, but that fifth part is the, is the person in the community that you know? Is the friend that you have? Is the family member that could be sitting right next to you? Or you could go sit next to them if they're like, well, I kind of want to go to this other church. You know what I'm saying? That's our mission field, is outside these walls. So when we're in unity and we're in that holy place together, then there's an overtone that's being sung. And we need to bring those voices in. Can we do that? Think about the dysfunction that's going on in our country today. Don't have to go a day... I mean, you can't go a day without turning on the news and wanting to chuck something at the news, right? Our country has gotten to a point where I I see it a lot of times. I'm apolitical. Um, But I heard it said, actually, um, recently by somebody that, um, yesterday, actually, um, that I have my conservative parts and I have my liberal parts. And they're always kind of working in, 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 in tension. So I'm not necessarily apolitical. I, I, just, I just don't, I don't believe in the party system. I don't believe that it's biblical. I think it's great for a country because it, it, we're able to, to run this country, but 
ultimately, the government will be upon his shoulders. The government will be upon his shoulders. And that is the government that, that we're a part of. Because we're not home. We're not, we're not citizens of this world. Yes, we're citizens of this country, and I'm, I'm not trying to get away from that. But we are ultimately citizens of the kingdom. We are to be peacemakers in the midst of chaos. We are to be those, those voices of reason in the midst of people using social media to yell at the top of their lungs and not hear, la, 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 I don't want to hear anybody else's point of view. The thing that made our country great was not a party system. It was not people yelling at one another. It was people being able to, to sit down and reason together work out a peaceful way to deal with things rather than trying to destroy people's character or trying to bring out histories or, I mean, one nation under God, yes, yes. But he gives us minds to reason with. He gives us hearts so that we're not just heartlessly saying things in, in, a, in a platform that we can be anonymous. You know, I, I, I had a pastor, it was great, that he would take, I, I didn't know this for a long time. Um, I, like, I, I never really hear anything bad. I was a worship leader at the time. I, I hear, you know, people will share with me songs that they want to do, but I don't really hear anything bad. And he's like, well, that's because I don't give them to you. I'm like, what? And he's like, oh, I get letters all the time. But most of the time when they're bad, they're anonymous. And I round file him. He said, I'll, it'll start re- he'll start reading it and say, oh, this is, who is this? Oh, no name. Because that is how worthless complaining is without having your faith with it. You know what I'm talking about? When we're critics of something, if we stand there and say, you know, I'm, I'm going to critique this and I'm, I, I'm just wanting to, to help in this area. Or, you know, I, I'm thinking of government or, or whatever, but there's, there's things that we might critique where we might reason with one another. We might work things out together that sometimes it, it's the right thing to do. But if you don't have the guts to put it on there, put your name on it or put your face to it, then it, it's worthless. And I'm not really thinking about any particular thing. I this I off um, but there is something to the fact that it's like it's like um, we're talking about somebody's word. It, it, it's it's a bond. It is you don't want to go back on your word, right? And this day and age, that that isn't necessarily a thing anymore, is it? But our word should be a bond. If we say we're going to do something, we should do it, right? Well, in, in the end of verse, if we want to critique something, but we don't want to, well, I don't want them to know it's me, it, it's not really worth it, is it? It's just to attack. Because that person can't come back and go, well, what do you mean by this? Because you said this right here, but I don't understand. You know, they, they can't reason with one another. And that's what this, that's what all of those platforms online do, is they make it so that you can just drop a bomb on somebody, and I feel better. But that's, 
That's not good criticism. That's not, that's not constructive criticism. That's not reasoning together to work out things. That's not bringing, bringing that peacemaking into the situation. Right? And um, so we're called to be peacemakers. How do we do that in this culture right now? Huh? You know what I mean? Because if we say anything opposing, people will scream at the top of their lungs. They don't want to hear you. They just want to hear the same stuff spouted out from other people. Okay, I'm stepping off my soapbox, and we were talking about diversity. There's, a, there's something about diversity of thought. There's something about um, being in the church and, and not really caring if you're a, a Republican, a Democrat, or what have you. Christians, and we can reason together. We have potlucks, come on. <laughs> if that's not bipartisan, there, nothing is. And it's diversity that's made our country great. Diversity of, uh, of skin color, uh, of culture, diversity of thought. Diversity is our heritage as a country. Diversity is the thing that we, we are gracing our, our children and our grandchildren with. Not socialism. Not this, this thought of, if you don't believe what I believe, I'm not listening to you. Because... You can't make peace unless you can talk. You can't make peace unless you can listen. Right? And so we need to be those peacemakers. So there are places in our lives, places in our, our, our community and our culture where we have to be those peacemakers. It might be in our family. And you know, the thing is, is sometimes being a peacemaker means speaking up. Because so often we, as believers, we might just be like, well, they're not going to believe me anyway, so I'll just peace out. That's a peacemaker in us, right? We're just, peace out. <laughs> Rather than, no, I need to say this. In love, yeah. And still being a peacemaker. Because the thing is, is when we speak that, and there's authority in speaking, speaking the truth in love, there's a whole generation that hasn't heard it that way. They either get the cold shoulder or they get the anonymous letter. We can't be anonymous anymore. We have to be in people's grill, in love. Grill, teeth, sorry. Be, be in their face. Be, be there. Be present. Um, because this is God's heart. And I'm sorry, I've just gotten so frustrated with what I see in the news, what I see online. Um, you know, there's times where, you know, there's the conspiracy theorists that talk about an EMP going off above our, uh, you know, above our country would pretty much put us back to the Stone Age. And sometimes I almost wonder if that would be a good thing. No more technology like this, more face-to-face time, more spending time um, over a table for a meal. <laughs> Guilty right? 
We, we like our Netflix and our binge watching. <laughs> um, but that face-to-face time has been lost, hasn't it? Our first point is this. Hope includes and welcomes. We are to include others, to go into all the world. We are to welcome also. So we're to go and we're also to welcome. You know, another thing that's lost in our, in our generation is, is that, that um, hospitality spirit. Being able to invite people in. Being able to bring people in. Yeah, I know there's times where we're like, ah, but I got to clean the kitchen. Okay, do this. Clean the kitchen. Then go out and do your thing. And you run into that person that you're thinking about. And you go, hey, why don't you come over for dinner tonight? They'll be like, whoa, that's spontaneous. You don't have to clean your kitchen, do you? <laughs> no, 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 it's already clean. I, I was thinking about you today. There's something about the hospitality spirit. It's, you know, I know some of you do this where you, you go to lunch with one another after church. Not just the potluck lunch, because that's like, hey, you want to go to lunch downstairs? That's good. But like you see somebody that you haven't seen in years or somebody that, that maybe you've never talked to in the church. And you say, you know what? We should go to lunch. That doesn't take cleaning your, your, your kitchen at all. You can actually go, I'm a, we're going to go to somebody else's kitchen. Yeah, we've got to pay a little money, but that's okay. We don't have to clean our kitchens. And we can sit over a table. Sit over a table. There's something about when we sit over a table, remembering becomes easy. Remembering what it's like to be hospitable to one another, to be peacemakers, to be able to reason together, but also to remember that Jesus loved the men that he sat with around that table. Jesus loved them so much And he sat over the table and, and, and even dipped his hand into that wine with somebody that was going to betray him. Don't lose sight of the fact that Jesus loved Judas, even though he betrayed him. I bet it We see it time and again that we are to welcome everyone, including the the foreigner, the poor. And I would go so far as to say the refugee. Political climate right now. Aside. Anybody know what it says on the, the Statue of Liberty? Why don't you say it again, but speak up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear it. I don't have it written down. This is at, at, off. Uh, yeah, hey, bring the mic over here. We'll <laughs> you got it memorized, right? Yeah, bring the mic over. We'll oh, Mike's got it? Thank you, Mike. This is off task, but I, I, I think it matters. Their communities are higher. 
Oh, oh, let me turn you on. The little switch there. Up. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. Your wretched refuse of your teeming shore. No, I skipped some, didn't I? <laughs> I had it first. Okay. Don't take it. Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. The wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the tempest tossed to me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Shore. I, I forgot one line. That's okay. I had it. Yeah, I, but I threw you off with a microphone. <laughs> the only reason why I, I, I wanted to go there, I knew somebody would have it, is the fact that, who does that sound like saying that? Jesus. Why were we such a great nation? We love him enough to give people choice in our country to not believe we do the same thing that our God does, right? But to think about the fact that we're to welcome the foreigner. We're to welcome uh, the refugee. And think about this. If you were a refugee when it said that while you were still sinners, I think we could look at it in a different way. How, how about... While you were still refugees, he called you citizens of the kingdom of God. We are refugees right now. We huddle together in a church as refugees in a foreign land because our home is the kingdom of God. When we get there, it's, there there's something about that that is that is so powerful. And it helps us to look at the world differently, doesn't it? Romans 15, 8 through 9, uh, the first part says, For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the, to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. You hearing that? Christ became a servant to the Jews so that we, down the road, could be a part of this. Second point is this hope has purpose. Hope isn't just hope, hope has purpose. There's a purpose in hope. We are all foreigners to the kingdom of God. Unless you are an Orthodox Jew, right? And I'm not sure even about that. We are, we were foreigners. Jesus had made us full-fledged citizens through his blood and broken body that we remembered today. And it goes on. Romans 15, um, the last part of 9, says, As it is written, therefore, I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name, and again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come. Even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. 
May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. God has had a plan for the world since it was made. And even for the Gentiles, even for those of us that were not his chosen people, who reminds us of, of, of that they're the chosen people, <laughs> right? I, I mean, God does. But I think ultimately, if you were the chosen people, I, 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 if I was an Orthodox Jew through and through, I would probably remind people, yeah, I'm, I'm one of God's people. That's something to boast in, isn't it? But God remembered the Gentile. God remembered those that he hadn't chosen necessarily to go out and share his story. Because really, ultimately, he, he chose the, the Jewish people to go out and share this with the Gentile. And what did they do with it? So what had to happen? Jesus had to come so it could break open all of it for everyone in the world because ultimately God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes, whoever believes, that's anybody, that's all of us. Paul references here all the people uh, praising God. So in this, our hope has a purpose that goes way before us. There's a purpose that was already, uh, from the beginning of time, beginning of, of this world, God had a purpose for us. But also understand that our hope precedes our faith. We already, we have a hope. Even before we believe, there is a hope in us. We, ha we have that, that capacity of hope. I mean, just as much as we have a capacity for love, a capacity for faith. But that capacity for hope comes first. Because we have to hope in something, right? And we try to hope in things, and we try this, and we try that. And, 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 and before we even have faith in anything else, we're, we're hoping. Because we're trying to get to that place where we, we just, we just want to connect with that faith. Connect with that love. Because it's how we were made, how we were formulated. We believe because we have this hope. Number three, hope believes. Now we all know that hope is, uh, th this hope is Jesus and him glorified. This hope, this hope anchors our soul. This hope points to our faith, and this hope includes others as we love and live in this world for a time. I have this hope. And this hope is going to lead us to a place of belief. Even before we knew, we hoped. Even in the midst of, of our pain, maybe in the midst of the pain of this world, maybe there's something we, you were walking through, you hoped. Why is it that, that, that people endure such unimaginable things and, and still have this, this outlook that's like, wow, how did you have this good outlook? 
hope that's in us. We know it's Jesus, but not everybody does. And that's our job. That's our role as we go. And then we come back to gather, but we go to help people understand the hope that they have. To be able to believe the hope that they have. And to be able to love because of the hope and belief that they have. Let's bow our heads. Jesus, thank you for being the hope within us, being that anchor for our soul. God, help us to be able to see those around us and and be able to encourage and stoke the fire of their hope with sharing with them where that hope comes from. To be able to get people to that place where they can step step off that, that precipice into belief to fully take that leap of faith. And Father, while we have our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if there's anyone in our midst that um, has not had that that stepping into faith, believing in Jesus, I want to give an opportunity. If you you haven't professed your faith in Jesus, all you have to do just to start this out is I want you to raise your hand together to start that. It's such an awesome thing. It's such a a powerful thing in your life to be able to understand that hope and where that hope comes from. It's from Jesus. So if that's you, I just invite you to raise your hand one more time. Well, thank you, Jesus, for being our anchor For the rest of us, God, we know that um, we can walk through and weather any storm because of the hope that we have in you. We believe that. We have faith in that. Go with us as we go out from here that we might profess the name of Jesus, that we might be able to profess your life, Jesus, and share what you have done for us. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen. And Mike's gonna come. Thank you, brother.